Hello everyone, this is Sherry Rice and welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast where we bring you local topics of interest for you and your family. Today we are discussing a COVID issue, children's immunizations with Dr. Max Kopis, Chief Renowned Children's Hospital and Chair of Pediatrics UNR Medical School. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kopis. Thanks for having me, Sherry, and, and uh, welcome to all the listeners. Yes, and we're going to be doing um, uh, a series for probably the next couple of months every week on COVID where we bring up a topic that we think is important. And you wrote an article a few weeks ago about children's immunizations and your concern that children aren't getting their vaccinations. Why is this happening, Dr. Kopis? Well, um COVID-19, the the pandemic, the fact that uh, worldwide so many people um, have been uh, infected and affected has really changed how we behave. And I think uh, very similar to, I remember 9-11, we were were scared. We didn't know what to trust, what not to trust. Mm -hmm. And so we tend, in those circumstances, we tend to retract to the safety of our own environment. And that's in part, you know, the uh, social distancing. I actually don't like the term social distancing because I think we actually need to be socially closer, but geographic distancing, that that is all being part of, you know, let's, let's hunker down and let's not kind of uh, run around the world like we used to. Okay, so as part of that, families, uh, both adults and pediatrics, started to think, well, you know, I'm not sure that I've got my next visit with my dentist. Well, actually, the dentist had to close, but my next visit with a family physician, I'm not sure that it's safe. You know, let's postpone it. So a lot of us postponed, for the right reasons, we postponed regular physical maintenance. It's like the regular car maintenance, regular physical maintenance. Now, for kids under, you know, four or five years, part of maintenance is vaccinations, it's like the oil changes or the, you know, whatever you do in your car. Mm-hmm. Vaccinations is part of routine maintenance. And guess what? And since we locked down, many, 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 many parents did not bring their kids to the offices, to the pediatrician's office, to the family physician office. And so a, a, a large amount of kids for about two, three months did not get their routine vaccinations. And uh, when I saw the number that vaccinations were down by 65%, as head of the Children's Hospital, I thought, wow, that's a lot. Would would that be a problem? And I think it could be a problem. Well, they're not, Uh, are are they not taking them, Dr. Kopis, because they feel it's unsafe to go to a pediatrician with the virus? Yes, we, and in part, I think the healthcare system and the state, we all kind of, you know, if you, if it's not urgent, don't travel. So parents got the message and quite frankly, getting a vaccination in and by itself is not urgent. My call is now that we can travel again, not having the vaccination be caught up may be dangerous. And so what I wrote about is, I don't have any concerns about today, but if these kids don't get the vaccinations that they need, 
what inevitably is going to happen is, is that thousands, maybe tens of thousands of kids are not going to be properly vaccinated, therefore at risk of certain diseases. And I took measles because measles right. is so infectious. It is many times more infectious than COVID-19. So I took measles as an example, and uh, we've had outbreaks of measles, of course, in this country, but worldwide, uh, measles is still a big problem. So my, the, the, the letter that I wrote was a call to action for parents and kind of say, I understand the last two, three months you weren't able to bring your kids, but please bring your kids because as soon as the schools reopen, and they will, kids are going to start mingling again and you only need to have one kid that actually gets measles and the other kids that are have not been vaccinated are not immune uh, will get it because it's so infectious and then before you know it these kids are going to spread it around so my call is before the schools restart go back to your primary care physician to your pediatrician and get your kids updated for their vaccinations well, let's talk about the doctor's offices, Dr. Kopas, because if their main concern is that they're not safe, let's talk about um, how they can be safe and what a parent can do to take precautions and how, now that the pediatricians are sort of opening back up, what precautions are they taking? So that's a really uh, good question, and, and obviously uh, at the Children's Hospital and the private offices, we, we have taken all the same precautions that you will find in airplanes in other common areas, i.e. Uh, washing on a frequent basis, uh, disinfecting in between patients much more carefully than before. Quite frankly, most physician offices, uh, you know, when a kid has been seen, we actually do a thorough cleaning before we see the next kid. So that part hasn't changed other than that our cleaning now, uh, you know, we're more aware of how important that is. The other part is actually really important is that we ask parents before they come whether they or their fever, we couldn't be seeing any kid because all kids cough and have right. tummy aches and have fever. Right. But now in this period, we are more sensitive to that and, and we take extra precautions that doesn't mean that we won't see you, but we will see you in a different area. We'll isolate you. Keep in mind, there's two areas. So for physician offices, there's two aspects. One is, of course, the care of the kids and the families. But the caregivers, the providers, the nurses, they're all older. They're, the, the, the risk for them with COVID-19 is actually higher than the kids. The, right. Most kids have virtually no problems with COVID-19. There's this exception of a very rare syndrome. But in general, kids handle COVID-19 like any other, you know, viral infection. They, it, they, they don't notice it. So keep in mind that, that the offices are very concerned about their own staff as the schools are concerned about the kids and the teachers. And, of course, we are concerned about the parents and the kids. So and what about the reading rooms, Dr. Kopas? How are they? Yes. How's that so, with COVID? So we um, now nowadays uh, we do many more cleanings than we did before in the, in the uh, waiting room. Uh, we prefer. Uh, it depends a little bit on the stage where you're at. So how 
closed down. When we were closed down, we made the parents wait in their car and they would come up. Uh-huh. And now we're relaxing that a little bit. So this is a li- it's a gray area uh, whereby um, in some offices you'll probably be asked to stay and wait outside in the car until your, it's your turn. In other offices, uh, you probably can come into the office uh, three minutes before you're seen. So everybody tries to try to that. We now try to avoid as much as possible uh, contact with other uh, patients, with other parents, with other kids, and the ones that need to be seen because they're sick are completely isolated. So the prime example is our pediatric pulmonologist. That's not the main office, but the pediatric pulmonologist, by definition, these kids have problems with the lungs. Right. So, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to see any kid if they would be coughing because they all cough. Right. So, we tailor uh, the the risk and the needs for every single patient. It's going to be different if you're going to be seen by a general pediatrician, by a pediatric oncologist, or a pediatric pulmonologist. And we have weekly discussions among the children. And when I talk about the children's hospital, for us at the children's hospital, that includes our general pediatricians. We have weekly meeting with our pediatric infectious disease person who is actually at the national level, uh, involved with COVID-19 and any single problem, any single question that comes up, any smart question that a parent asks will be discussed and we will kind of say, okay, well, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. So I think there is a, uh, a very great awareness and a commitment to uh, making the place even safer than it used to be. I so do you let me ask you though do you yeah. so for parents that are listening are you do you ask that when a parent comes to the general pediatrician with their child does the parent wear have to wear a mask and the child wear a mask Yes we ask that uh, we ask them to do that okay. um, if you are a parent of a 4 year old you know how difficult it is to keep a mask on a 4 year old and so you know you have to be you have to provide some flexibility. I mean that's the in pediatrics there's rules and then how do you adjust to them? I right. can't and and even if they keep it on they touch it the whole time. So for for the older kids that's a, a no-brainer for the parents it's a no-brainer and for the ones that are challenged we try to do the best that we can. So let's talk about um a little bit of just daily precautions are you recommending that a parent have a mask for a child when they go say to the grocery store if they go to target so i do personally yes i do and, too and well so if i do what if if i think it's the right thing for me and for me to help society because keep in mind the mask that we wear mostly help prevent me, if I would have COVID, to infect others. The mask that we have is of limited use to prevent me from getting COVID. For for preventing COVID, you need the N95 mask, the, the, the other masks that, that, you know, that, that people in the hospital right. uh, carry. So the mask has two functions. One is a, a signal awareness, social awareness that, you know, I care and, 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 um, you know, I, 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 I be, I'm part of society. But the most important thing is if I cough, the germs actually stay obviously on my face, but right. don't go into the store. So I, I do. I think my contribution 
not just to society, but in particular to my colleagues, the, the providers at the hospitals, they have been carrying the brunt, the ones that take care of COVID-19 patients. Right. As, a, as a salute to them, I wear a mask because I want to minimize if, if for whatever reason I have COVID-19 or any other infection for that matter, this is not a time where I would like to share my germs with, with other people. So I do. Um, well, so let me clear. That, let me clear this up, Doctor Kopitz. If if um, if I'm in Target and I have yep. on a mask, what I'm doing is protecting other people in case I have it. Is my mask doing any help for me if somebody coughs around me and they have COVID? No, yeah. minimal. I mean, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. The the, yeah. the 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 particles, the the virus is so small that the, 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 the mask that you have on uh, is not protective of things yeah. going uh, in. What you do do is if I sneeze, instead of you know, my germs going for several feet, it now will go for a few inches because right. it stops there. Right. And so, again, masks is protecting the people around you from you, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So for kids, yeah, I, I would – you know, I would do the same thing, but I've got a two-year-old grandson. You know, that's almost mm-hmm. impossible. So you have to be pragmatic. Now, because of that, do I take? Would I take my grandson to Target? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I at this stage, I would say, if I can't safely put a, a mask on a kid, yeah, I don't want to expose other people uh, to the to that risk. And there's exceptions. I get that, but in general, that's what I would recommend. Well, and we um, let me ask you because a lot of people are going back to work and they need daycare and they have children that go to a preschool or they go to a daycare environment um, and they have to have someone take care of their child. So again, we're reopening our society to some of that. And what would be your recommendation for your child to go back to say your your grandson going to daycare? So some people um, have, uh, some of my colleagues actually have continued to, uh, and depends a little bit on the state because here they were closed, and other states, daycares were open, have continued to send their kids to daycare because it was, uh, I don't want to take a risk. That, I really feel that's a, a, a comfort judgment for uh, everybody to make. It, it, it is such a gray area. I don't think there is a right or a wrong. Again, the kids themselves actually, I'm not really worried about kids getting COVID-19. They'll, they're going to do fine. The real challenge is that if they get infected, and, and often they will be infected and have virtually no symptoms, if they are infected and then visit their grandparents, they can infect their grandparents. And for the grandparents, actually, it is a, a, right. a bigger issue. Right. So. I think a lot of I know. In fact, I know some pediatricians who ha, here in Reno who have continued to send their kids to daycare, but they have not visited grandparents. They've kind of said, you yeah. know, we've we've accepted that we needed that. The consequence is that we have limited the exposure of our child uh, to the direct family, which is hard on us grandparents. <laughs> It is, it is, uh, but you know. Yeah, um, you do what you got to do. And it's, and quite frankly, so as difficult as it is, it is also pretty special to make sacrifices for the greater good. Yeah. I mean, if you think about that, 
And, and you're not doing it because you don't want to see your grandchild. You're doing it because society is really challenged with a major problem. And I salute all people that have made the many sacrifices, some small, some big, um, because that's a precious thing. I, I, you know, our society is so focused on individuals, me, 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 me. And, and what COVID-19 is bringing out in a lot of us is we, 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 is what can we do to help each other? So there's a part that I, that I experience as a, a gift to us to uh, enable us to think beyond ourselves. I mean, well, maybe that, very philosophical, but I really, I really feel no, that. No, <laughs> I, I think that's great. And you said a few minutes ago that you're not fond of the word social distancing. You like geographic distancing because we should be more social. It, tell me your thoughts on that. That's an interesting um, analogy. Yeah, I didn't, and it's, you know, social distancing, somebody came up with a word and we're all using it. But social distancing, in fact, means that we would be less connected. Um, I have been more connected with my siblings. I've got five siblings. They all live in the Netherlands. We don't, I see each other once a year, once every two years. Some sibling I haven't seen for, I don't know, two years. Not because I don't like them or but right. because when I was there, they were not there. Since COVID-19, initially, we had uh, we we met uh, through uh, Zoom uh, every week, and I think we we're all concerned and scared. We're all older, and and then it's every two weeks. Now it's every month. For the last three months, I have seen and talked to my siblings and their spouses more than I have in the last three or four years, and so I feel socially more connected with them. Yes, and. And geographically, we're still so. I the term, I the the term is not correct. It's it's really a geographic distancing. Yeah, yeah. And socially, we're social animals. We are meant to be together. We are meant to connect. And so, anyway, it's more philosophical. It's a it's a term, but I just don't like the term. Well, I I love your analogy. I think it's true for many of us. We've connected with people we haven't talked to in a long time, and even if it's by text or Skype you know, you're still connecting with them and having a conversation. Absolutely. I, my kids, the same thing. is. Uh, I've got three kids. We, we play every other week. We're playing games on, on, uh, uh, on, the, com- on the computer, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, Zooms. Mm-hmm. And hell, I, I couldn't even imagine yeah. that it would be funny. We've had so much fun. Uh, with word games and and so you go back to rather than the, the kinds of old things. You, you, I I feel that COVID nineteen the, the pandemic has enabled us to connect with people that we haven't seen for a long time or the people that we have connected more intensely. So yeah, well, more that, more more less social distancing. Yes, well that's a great way for us to um, to uh, conclude this podcast. I. I want to thank you for being on. Let's go back to what I'm hearing your message is, is that children um, are at a greater risk of, uh, for their health if they aren't getting vaccinations than probably the risk for COVID and that parents need to take the right precautions but get their children into their pediatrician and get updated on the vaccinations. Did I, did I put that together right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And and 
um, I, I, we didn't mention it in the podcast, but I did in the in the in the letter to the editor um, last year in 2019, 140,000 people, most kids, died of measles. So the fact that we don't see it in the United right. States kind of makes us feel, you know, comfortable. It's not that. I mean, you know, measles, you know, it's not a big thing. Well, actually, it is worldwide where there is no where there's no vaccinations. 140,000, that's more people worldwide that died of measles last year than thus far of COVID in the U.S. So it is, it potentially is a real thing. And I would, uh, we, you know, there's been a lot of people that have taken uh, vaccinations in general for granted. Some people have said, well, you know, are the risks not too high? And, you know, should we really vaccinate? And well, right now, we're all hoping and praying that the COVID-19 vaccine uh, is invented and, and available as soon as possible. This was the same decades ago when measles was deadly in the United States. We were hoping for a measles vaccine. So hopefully this, this re, uh, reaffirms the value of vaccinations in a, in a time where that's being questioned by some people. That's a, um, a good note to end it on. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. This is Access to Healthcare Network's weekly podcast, and this will be on iTunes, and you can listen to it then. We're going to be doing weekly podcasts on COVID issues, and today we've been talking with Dr. Max Kopas, Chief Renowned Children's Hospital and Chair of Pediatrics for UNR Medical School. And Dr. Kopas talked today about immunizations and how important it is to keep your child up to date. Thank you, Dr. Kopis, and I hope we can do another podcast soon. Thank you. Stay safe, all.